podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Chessie Hour. I'm your host today, Babs. I know it's been a while since you guys had me hosting, but you know, I thought I'd run it back, you know. So, yeah, it's definitely good to be back hosting. And with me today, I'm joined by Jerry. Jerry, how you doing? Uh, all good, bro. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad, you know. Not too bad. Yeah. Feeling, feeling good. Feeling good. It's, months, it's, it's final week. I'm on my I'm on my drug bar. I'm on my drug bar. You're your drug bar. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Forget, okay. forget about Jackson. Yeah, it's it's, it's still drug bar. When you when you say, so, oh, okay. okay. No, no, okay. go go for it. I was gonna I was gonna introduce you. Introduce you next time, but, but what were you gonna say? No, when you say you're on your drug bar, you have to even explain what does that mean. I don't even know what you mean. That means I'm channeling the spirit of DJ, bro. There's no way we're losing. Okay. I'm, I'm, that's that's the mind frame I'm going wait, into. Wait, you're Ghanaian. I need to get this. I need to get this. When you're saying you're channeling... Not, not Afghan Drogba. Not Afghan Drogba. Okay. I thought that was a shot. And I wasn't going to let that, that slide. But it's cool. All right, cool. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm back on the... Obviously, I'm very defensive. But yeah, I'm back on the show. Thanks. Babs is hosting. Chelsea didn't embarrass me. I already said the disclaimer to everybody before we played. We're going to get trashed. But you know what? We actually we did well in the last game. But yeah, um, back to you, Babs. No, very, very fair. Very, very fair. And I'm um, coming back to you. I just want to get your current thoughts around Chelsea and where we currently are. Because I know the listeners probably haven't heard from you in quite a while. So it'd be good to come back to you then. Just to hear your thoughts on the current state of affairs, how you're feeling as a Chelsea fan and... Have you got the same disconnect that quite a few fans seem to be having at the current moment in time? Do you know what? I understand fans that have a disconnect because the whole idea of fandom, they'll challenge you saying, oh, you're only here for the good times, not the bad times. But when Chelsea have been fundamentally changed from top to bottom so quickly, it's difficult, do you know what I'm saying, to say that you connect with this club when they've changed everything. What is a club really and truly? Yes, we play in the same stadium. Yes, we wear the same shirts, the same colours. But Bowley's come in and he's almost ripped everything and changed the culture. So I I don't blame people that have lost the connection. Um, because again, like I'm, I've never been the biggest fan of Mount, but one of the reasons why people thought that he was going to be a lifer there is because the fans 
had a big connection with him. But these guys don't care. So, like, even young players coming through, you could, a lot of the kind of connect emotional connections, there's no point in building it because they're just going to cash in, you know, no matter what. And it's so weird because, like, they'll cash in on that player, but then they'll buy another four young players. And it's like, what do we, did you really need to cash in? Um, so, the way that the club is being set up now, I don't think it's been set up to kind of foster a strong emotional connection. Um, Pochettino being brought in as the manager, Chelsea fans tend to hate Tottenham and anything that comes along with it. They don't care. Um, too cool. A lot of Chelsea fans loved them, just got rid of them. They don't care. Do you know what I mean? And when they came in, they were like, you got to listen to the fans, but they're not, they're not. And I, I, I'm not someone that thinks that the board should pay too much attention to the fans. But a club has to mean something. And you asked me where I'm at with Chelsea, I'm confused because their kind of thesis seems to be buying young, Project 23, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but then the fact that they're so like, you'd buy um, a, like Madueke, you know, you'd buy Modric, they're young players, but then they're benched. Do you know what I mean? I, like, I think with Dortmund, they were a club at that point where they proved that they were the best club for young players. So all young players wanted to go there. Do you know, like, uh, when you go to a Real Madrid, you know that you're going to win trophies. So all of the like, top players go there. And I think Chelsea as well, under Roman Abramovich, we had almost like that kind of brand where come to Chelsea and you'll, you'll win big trophies. Like, yeah, there might be chaos, but there's going to be trophies. And I think with Ch Chelsea right now, when they come in and they talk about young players, fresh and all of this type of stuff, long-term contracts, initially people believe that, but now it's like, well, why, why would a young player come here? Because you're just stockpiling young players. They come, they're not even playing a lot of them. Like after the initial novelty has been worn off, like, we're not a platform for anything. We've spent so much money, and I know that everybody knows this, we've spent so much money, and I think even the fact that we've spent so much money just makes us feel like a meat market. Forget about the billion sold, but, you, like, I'm going back to the um, connection question. Like, when it's your house, you take care of it, but when it just feels like a, a, a place that people run through, like a hostel, and I feel like that's... What we need to be careful, like, not only is the managers changing, but the players, there's just like, ugh, it's just, it's, it is a mess. However, we've got a cup coming around the corner. And then hopefully, because this is our worst season ever. So if we do win a cup in our worst season ever, then there's going to be a little bit of a silver lining. But in, you asked me just to round up where I'm at with Chelsea. I do feel disconnected but I don't know if that's to do with Chelsea or the fact that life is just busier um, but um, the last game that I watched I really liked the, um, the passion the resilience and stuff like that and you could be proud to, to be a Chelsea fan watching that but we've seen throughout the season that the next match you could just we just get slapped by I don't know Luton or, or random um, club like that but yeah that's that's just my thoughts that's fair. Um, you did raise an interesting point there about you know, being more busy in life later on. 
because you know obviously the younger you are you know the more time you got to watch football the more invested you are you know there's a lot more back and forth with friends whether it be at school or the workplace etc so I guess that's an interesting angle what about you yourself Jerry where are you currently with Chelsea how do you feel as a fan your thoughts echo down or are you in a different place right now um I feel like I am in a similar place. Um, I'm sort of waiting to see what the strategy is um, and how it's going to bear fruit. I think what is you know something that Dan said that is alarming is that the thinking isn't joined up all the way through. So, yeah, we have the strategy of going off the young players, but there doesn't seem to be any coherent um, strategy to number one, purchase these players. It's almost like it's almost like we've done it in the wrong order. So we should have secured partnerships or the multi-club model before we started bringing these players in because uh, you've had situations um, where we can only get a certain amount of players out. We have to recall players to, to send others out on loan. Um, I think we are, we have a coach right now who is, you know, meant to be good with with young players and meant to be good at developing and bringing them bringing them through but he seems to be sacrificing that for for results um and we're not getting those results and all he does is complain about how he has a young squad as if he didn't know that when he came in um and i think it's just that that lack of cohesion that goes throughout the club and i think with uh, an owner like abramovich uh, that is less important because there's one vision that is so dominant above everyone else's that in a way that, that there is that that cohesion because what he says goes. Um, and I think as he started to step back, you know, um, and uh, sort of back, step back away from the day-to-day running of the club, uh, you can see sort of that uh, almost fading um, in that... Um, know hire and fire mentality and like he would obviously step in when things got things got um bad but i think where in in the past he'd be recommending players and all of that at least you saw there was that vision from that one guy um i think what i've what i've what i've sort of gone through uh, as a chelsea fan these past few years i think in as much as i am obviously busier and have less time to follow football I also think, number one, the, the football we play hasn't been anything to, to write home about. Uh, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I'm a, I, I'm a lover of champagne football, right? Um, I think, uh, I, I believe in, in, in the process. If you do something right, um, you will end up there or thereabouts. Uh, and I think... While I didn't enjoy managers like Conte, I mean there were there were there were good elements to his to his his tenure, and there were some good games, but most of it was a grind. Um, so that that sort of thing has left me a little bit more detached um, from the club. Um, going into sort of the Lampard era as well, um, he almost he almost moved me almost, uh, not for anything tactical, but you know just the the. The story of the club legend coming back, um, but you know th- there were a few warning signs early uh, from from Lampard. So it's just that that whole like 
going through different managers, um, not being able to see um, any identity in the club. Um, I mean, I can, I can empathise with all these fans out there. Um, but with me, to summarise, I think I'm just, I'm just, I'm almost like a, a third party watching on, um, an interested third party trying to figure out where the club is going. Um, so, yeah, interested to see what's happening. Um, and this, 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 uh, this acquisition and the, the results going forward is, is going to be a big talking point. Um, and uh, hopefully <laughs> it'll be good, a good ride for us Chelsea fans, but somehow I doubt that. Fair, fair, fair. Um, Dan, coming back to you, so I know you spoke about the quote-unquote um, soul aspect in terms of, you know, the players, you know, the academy players, you know, such as mm-hmm. how you moved on. But on the flip side of that, you know, our current captain of the football club is Reese James, you know. They've obviously shown a big backing in Levi Cole, giving him the contract, you know, even the previous, one of the previous managers that won him around, they were able to convince him to stay. He's become a mainstay in the team. You know, Conor Gallagher is also still around. Poch seems to be a big fan of him. You know, for now, Trev is also around. So that, that there are quite a few still academy players around in the, the club. So, do you know where it is? I just to get your thoughts in terms of that versus what you've just said earlier. Yeah, no, I feel like it doesn't change it. What I'm saying is, as a Chelsea fan, you cannot get too attached because I'm not saying all of them are gone, but all of them seem up for sale. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, whereas before you kind of had security that, yeah, do you know what? As long as these players are playing well, then they can stay. But now it feels like, do you know what? We, that We might just have to cash in because of whatever reason. Do you know what I'm saying? So, like, whereas before it felt like the objective was just winning. And so if a player was doing well or a player had promised, we'd do everything to keep them. Now that's not true. Do you know what I mean? There's a way more politics in it. There can be a player that's doing really well, but actually we're just going to sell him for whatever reason. Um, and it, we can forget just about academy players. Like I mentioned before, um, young players will come in um, and they'll buy a lot of young players for big money and then they'll treat him like crap. Like for me, there's just not, I don't see any kind of consistency in strategy or approach. It, everything is up in the air. And I was talking in the group chat earlier this week and I just was mentioning how I could tell that the, a, a club is right when the nucleus is right between the sporting director, so the people making the transfer decisions, people hiring the manager and stuff like that, and the manager. I feel like that is the nucleus. And I reference when Roman Vanvich came in, he took Kenyon. Kenyon was the one that went after Mourinho. And we had a lot of success with that duo of Kenyon and Mourinho. And again, when the sporting director picks their man, they're more likely to back them as well. So obviously that's an example. We see it with Tixie at Barcelona. Um, again, Tixie had the choice to go for Mourinho or Pep. They were the final two in the interview. He picked Pep. That's where the relationship started. They had a beautiful success there. Uh, they reconnected at Manchester City. Beautiful success. I saw in the Arsenal documentary, the um, what are they called again? That family that own Arsenal. Uh, Joel, say again. 
Cronkies, yeah. So the Cronky and um, Arteta, we got to see their relationship. And at that point, Arteta was under fire, but he had the unwavering backing. So that gives a manager a bit more trust. You like you referenced that Poch is a manager that kind of likes young, to play young players, allegedly. But if he's feeling his job is under fire, then he's going to act a little bit differently. So for me, um, I just feel like that alignment in terms of strategy, maybe it's because we've got two different sporting directors or whatever. Everything just seems a bit mismatched. I can't see alignment in terms of what they're doing. Do you know what I mean? Like uh, seven-year contracts, et cetera, et cetera. We thought actually, you know, they're, they're these young players, they want them to grow together. But potentially they were just trying to secure them a long contract so that they can sell them for big money. Um, are we a, a club for all the best young talents? I don't know, because when they come here, like Madueke, then they just go on the bench very quickly. Modric go on the bench very quickly. So, yeah, I, for me, it's not just about the academy players um, or having academy players here. It's just that as a Chelsea fan, any player that comes in, I can't necessarily build that emotional connection because of the kind of the turnstile, like the, the meat market kind of aspect of it. Yeah, and it just feels very messy. Yeah, fair. So what would you do to change it personally? And do you think it's too late to change it? No. So this is why I referenced the sporting director and the manager relationship. I think, I don't know how the hierarchy goes. Like you can have multiple people, but um, I think Jerry alluded to kind of like more of a aligned vision. It doesn't have to be one person. But to be fair, the way that the old board work, it was ruled by committee, not by one person. Roman Devanovic can come and overrule them. He didn't usually do it from what we hear, but he can come and overrule them. But actually, it was done by committee, but there was a lot of alignment in strategy. I think we should have one guy because I know that people... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline talk about when stallion stewart or whoever it is but i think we should have a top sporting director that's the top sporting director should pick their manager and that obviously if you are a top sporting director you should know about talent not just players um and i think then there's a bit more of alignment and i think that is the nucleus of the club because there's so many different ways to skin a cat but if you're trying to do five six different methods it's going to cause that mishmash that people love to talk about. Um, I think that's at the core. And then I think as well, they need to think about the fan perspective as well. Um, we are building emotional connections with players. And if they keep on ripping it up, um, then you're killing the soul of the club. Um, so, so yeah, I think that's just where I'll start. That's fair, because you mentioned the committee that we previously had, but... Obviously, we don't have the oversight in terms of how many people on the committee. So there is an argument that there may have been a lot of people. So even though they are aligned, it's still obviously going to be different opinions. Because as you remember, when we had Lampard, there was a 50-50 split in, in that said committee about sacking him. So I guess yeah, no, there is, there is, there is a, I, I get what you're saying, but 
Do, do you no. also think that with with how early quote unquote it still is with the current um technical board? So in terms of like the Win Stanleys, the Lawrence Stewart's and, and them actually setting out what they want below them, do you think we still need to give them a bit of time to actually see what they want to do in the long term or I, I don't know what you talk about? I don't know what you talk about what I was saying before. What I was saying is they did rule by committee well. Rule by committee doesn't mean that everybody agrees, but it means there's alignment because regardless of what happens after, everybody's committed to it. And really and truly, you can see a a direction that everybody's moving to. It doesn't feel like there's four people with their hands on the wall and it's one minute we're going left, one minute we're going right. Didn't, that didn't feel that way under um, Chelsea. It didn't feel that way at all. So, um, again, like I'm saying, it's okay having multiple people, but it doesn't feel like there's alignment at Chelsea in any of the decisions. Um, so it feels like they're, they're, I've heard anyway, but I don't know, but potentially it could, could be it's a bit of a power struggle and we do have two it's key men in terms of ownership. They Maybe they have different ideas. Then we've got, so we're talking about Bowley and then um, Big Dad. Then we come down and we're talking about when Stanley and Stewart. Who knows if they're aligned or not, but it's just not that streamlined in terms of hierarchy. Um, but again, I'm not in the inside to analyse that too tough, but I just want to see in terms of outcome, more alignment. And the second part of the question you asked in terms of, is it just too early to judge them? No, it's not. I'm sorry, because this is not the first time I've seen a new board set up. And I just feel like they've been very, very messy and very, very naive. And they're learning every single time they come out. Every single month I see a new thing. Oh, we made mistakes last window. Now, we, now we've learned. Come on, man. Like, it didn't have to be like that. They've moved way too fast. And uh, Man United's new guys come in and he done some subtle shots about we're not going to spend loads of money just thinking we can catch up. That's not how it works. And unfortunately, what this board has set is a precedent about how not to take over a club. Very cool. Very fair and very well said. Jerry, what about you? What would you do to change it? Or are you aligned with Dan in terms of how you'd want to see in terms of more, more streamlined process with the board seeming to, seem to actually be a lot more aligned than what we've seen so far? Um, what would I do to change it? I think I would start on the pitch. Um, figure out what you want. Uh, I mean, these these two sports directors, figure out what you want um, from the team on the pitch. Figure out what, what you think is going to work. And let's all start pulling in that direction. Because, I mean, I guess that is, that's the products that we're selling. Um, so... I think with these players that we're bringing in, they're obviously big investments. Um, and the problem is, yeah, you can say we have the security, for example, a Mudrik. You can say that we have the security to sign him on a seven-year contract and it's fine if he's on the bench for the, ne- for the next two years because you know, we've got seven years to develop him. In reality, it doesn't work like that. I think at these big clubs... Um, you you do need a bit of momentum, um, and you need some players. You know can can rise through. You know cream rises to the top, and and some players have to be pushed through. And I think we need to we need to focus on the players that we've brought in. Uh, we need to focus on uh, a, a way of playing. Uh, we need to focus on the way of fitting these players together. Um, and then once that's done, we need to discard the ones that don't fit in. Um, 
and yeah, that sounds harsh, but ultimately, there's no point in keeping them around just because you've 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 you know sunk the cost into them. Um, and I think once we start to streamline the, the playing squad, <clears throat> which I honestly think is not as bad as our current position bears out. I think with a few tweaks, a few additions, um, you know, we can we can look like a really different side. And I think once you've once you've ironed out the issues with the playing squad, I mean these are also linked directly with the manager. Um what do you really feel about Poch? Um are you why has he started um tweaking? Like why, why does he feel like his job is under pressure? Have you backed him? Have you given him the confidence? How much of a say does he really have in, you know, the decisions about his squad? You know, are, are you guys on the same page? Because I would have thought he wouldn't have taken the job if he didn't know the conditions. And it seems like he's taken the job and, you know, he, he wasn't prepared for it. Um, so once you have those two, um, then you can start looking long-term. Uh, and I think long-term strategy, I mean, I don't have a problem particularly with uh, stockpiling talent, selling the best ones, sorry, keep keeping the best ones and selling the ones who, you know, don't don't um, don't make it all the way through because I think <clears throat> whilst we are looked whilst at the time we were looked upon negatively um, for stockpiling young players, uh, a lot of people on reflection talk about Chelsea as pioneers uh, for youth development because how many how many times do you listen to other fans talk about or how they wish they could send their players out on loan like Chelsea does and and these players go out on loan. Um, and they have offers because people know that, our, that when you come to Chelsea or when you're coming through Chelsea, um, the players there can help your team. So I think that that is a strength. Um, and I think maybe that's something they've identified and that's why they've gone this way. That, that's a strength that we can use. Um, I'm not sure about the, the multi-club model. I'm not sure about its viability. I think, if, in my opinion, the governing bodies, I don't think they, they, they like the idea of it. And I think steps will be taken to um, squeeze the clubs who currently have it, just make it a more difficult environment for that. But I think in terms of the, the, the strategy of getting these players in, um, if you look across the, the football world, uh, Chelsea is a good place to go through because you, whatever level of player you are, like when you leave Chelsea, 70% of the time, you'll land somewhere good. And I think <clears throat> Dan mentioned before about, you know, Dortmund being the, the place that all youth players wanted to go to because you know that you'll play. Uh, Real Madrid being the place that all the top players wanted to go to because you know that you're going to win trophies. I think, for me, if I was Chelsea, I want to position ourselves as, listen, like, if you're a top talent, look at look at Thibaut Courtois, look at Romelu Lukaku, look at Eden Hazard. Chelsea is the place that you come to and you know that even if you have to leave, you'll be fine. Um, I think. Can I interject? Can I interject quickly? Because that was old Chelsea. This is new Chelsea. We're not the same Chelsea. Um, before then, I agree with you. Yes. Now we're completely different. And obviously, we both mentioned different approaches. I did more of a top-down approach. I think it has to start on the boardroom. I think they've tried to change the playing stuff over and over again. You've gone more of a bottom-down approach in terms of it starts with the players and it comes up. But all I'll say is, since Bowley's come in, I think that's what they've done. They've tried to do it with the players. There's something stinking above, in my opinion. And um, 
the reason why I interject is that culture is set above and I feel like that needs to be sorted out because coming to Chelsea now is that you, we can't reference old school players. Chelsea's completely different. The story of Chelsea under Bowley is you come here and you suffer. Your career takes a nosedive apart from Palmer, I'd say. Um, obviously, Petrovic is a, an example, but like he's come from obscurity. So if his career took a nosedive after coming from the MLS to Chelsea, that's crazy. But there's not many players you can kind of like the players that have come in, they're struggling and they're being corned because Chelsea are low and we continue to lose way too often. The players that are leaving, they're thriving. Hudson Doe, he stops the back up. RLC stops back up. I, Even I, have, I, yeah. I, I, I think Hudson Doe is a separate case. Um, he's, he's, he's issues. I don't think they have to do with the. The club itself, I think he was just never given you know, the mantle or the reins by any of the coaches. Listen, it, do, it doesn't matter about how it's happened. What I'm saying is we're looking around and before a lot of Chelsea fans were looking around at our players saying, they're dead wood, let's get fresh players in, right? So the dead wood goes and the fresh players that, you know, they were shining brightly elsewhere, now they're coming and now people are saying that's not good enough. And the players that are leaving, they're thriving. So what I'm saying is, forget about, for me anyway, the bottom down, trying to fix it player-wise, I don't think that's it. Because there's so many players that when they were linked with Chelsea and they were coming in, everybody was like, shiny new toy, they're going to fix it. But then they normalised to the temperature at Chelsea, which right now stinks. And I feel like we need to adjust the thermostat and we do that by fixing the culture being set um, that these Bowley guys have set. In my opinion, anyway. Sorry for interrupting. Uh, I mean, I hear what you're saying, but I don't necessarily think a, 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 a bottom-up approach needs to start from the, from the players. Um, I think if you look at, you know, the, the, the players that are coming in, um, you need to... Those players are coming in because of strategy. You know, like the, the, the sporting directors... Uh, they're the ones who set the strategy. And I, I don't think Bodhi is going to turn around and look at the guys that he's picked and say, okay, you, you guys are out. Let's get someone in, someone else in to set the strategy. I think I think we're, we're pretty much set with those guys. I think they'll, they'll get the time to execute the strategy. And that's why I think these players are in now. They're, they're in on, on these long contracts. Uh, unless you want to get new guys in to then go and get new players. I think we have to work with what we have to an extent. So, I mean, I, I agree that, we, yeah, we're not going to get anywhere by ripping up the, the playing staff and, and starting again. But I think um, we need to find that balance of, you know, yeah, we're looking we're looking to the future, um, but then the strategy needs to follow that. Or are we trying to win now? Are we... Are we so what, 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 my, my point is, what, what are we trying to do? Um, yes, and, and that doesn't pick, come from pick, the bottom pick a down. Direction, pick a direction and let's all start pulling in that direction. Yeah, and, and I don't think that comes from this. Is what I'm saying, I think we're agreeing that that doesn't come from bottom down and bringing like sorting out the sport and director manager relationship doesn't necessarily mean changing the players. Like, even when Mourinho first came, really and truly. Did, well, I remember he did buy a few players, but like, like the players we've got are good, right? 
But in terms of, I think I think we can improve on a coach, but also having a lasting relationship. Usually, like Tuchel was happy at Chelsea because he liked the guys that was above him, right? To have that lasting relationship, we need the sporting director and managers to get on and to be aligned. Kind of like what Babs was saying at the beginning. I know this has gone on a bit, but Poch, we're buying loads of young players, yet the manager's saying we don't have experience. That's a misalignment. That's a, a fundamental misalignment at the core. Do you understand what I'm saying? It doesn't necessarily... Not really, sorry, Dan. Sorry to interrupt you. Not only is it a misalignment, but it's kind of kind of worrying because I don't know if you remember, but at the beginning of the um, season, during pre-season, in fact, towards the end of last season, we were having a lot of briefs about how Poch, you know, he was reaching out to a lot of the young players, he was reaching out to even Mudrick, you know, he had a lot of plans for Mudrick, you know, so for him to go from one extreme in terms of wanting to cultivate that kind of culture to, you know, complaining about experience, it's, it's quite worrying because, I don't know if you remember, there were obviously those um, reports out, you know, of how he he took over the interview, he was impressing the, 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 um, the technical director, so within that, there must have been a clear agreement in terms of where the club was going forward terms of the profile of signing the age profiles etc so there must have been some sort of alignment at the very you know least what? you know for him to both agree and for him to impress them so much well yeah but it's so, like you also said at, at sometimes done in terms of sometimes it's easy to talk the talk but then when you actually have to walk the walk you know it's, it's, it's not as easy what i'd say with pochettino is that i was hearing rumors about experience before the season started so i would criticize him if he only started to mention it now but there was like at least rumors from the beginning of the season saying he thinks we lack uh, height, he thinks we lack experience, and he wanted some experienced guys. I remember it was linked with Dybala, and it was like, oh, he wants more experienced attackers and stuff like that. So um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt in that regard, but I'm not on the inside to know who's to blame. But there is a fundamental disconnect with these guys that are just focusing on bringing 25 and under with a manager that it wants experience. Do you know what I mean? Because essentially, I don't believe you, like personally, I don't believe you need it. I mean, we, we heard it when Alan Hansen back, well, for the OGs, Alan Hansen, when Ferguson came in, he said, you can't win anything with youth. What happened? They won the whole thing. Arsenal was like the youngest squad last season. Do you know what I'm saying? Like we do, we have a sprinkle of experience. Even when Mourinho, I remember when Mourinho came back, we were little horses that first season and in the second season we won it most of that team was young most of that team was young so i don't want to hear no rubbish excuse but if you create excuses and that's what i hated about wenger when he was at charge of arsenal he created so many excuses that enabled people not to, to it gave them like the leeway to not perform and i think when we've been at our best and I, like obviously Poch tried to do it at the start of the season so it's easy to set a high standard but when you can't uh, live up to it then you try to lower it but as a manager as a leader even when things are bad keeping that high standard and well just saying you know what we're not reaching a standard um this is not good enough it reflects on everyone but when you start to lower the standards that's the beginning of the end for you as a manager he said we have to win now we he maybe he set himself up he should have done what Mourinho said instead of do you know what first season it might be a bit dodgy. Do you know what I'm saying? Give, but second season, I could do it. Um, I do remember at the beginning of the season, well, Poch said, do you know what? I think he might have said after the Nkunku injury, I'm worried. 
Um, and he said that um, we're not going to be able to be the real Chelsea until Nkunku came back. I remember him saying that. And that was worrying because the window is open and we did sign a, a lot of players. And it's like we rejected Jao Felix. We don't have to like Jao Felix, but it's just like, how we, how is one player being injured derailing the whole season? And it's not like he came in last minute. So, yeah, for me, and this is why, Jerry, I'm just saying, that manager, sporting direction, director connection is so important because they are the one that kind of execute the vision together. And I just think if we are to correct uh, Chelsea, I think it starts from there. I actually think that Boley and Big Dad, they're pretty hands-off because I think they've given power to like Win Stanley and them guys. I think like they just at this point want to win. And I just feel like if we can get um, a sporting director-manager relationship right, then I think we'll get in the right direction. Very, very fair. Very, very fair. And talking about direction, what way to, you know, spin in the direction in the right way then a potential cup win, you know? It's been a while since we won a domestic cup. We as Chelsea fans know just how important it was to win league cups, you know, going into um, title running. Obviously, we're not in the title running now, but we know ex exactly how important it was to win a league cup to, you know, actually define a culture. So, um, Dan, I want to get your thoughts in terms of the importance of winning the League Cup and where you currently stand going into the final on Sunday. The importance of winning the League Cup. Um, I mean, it will rescue the season. It's a trophy. Uh, it's a trophy, so at least we've left with something. I don't think uh, it changes my opinion of the management this season. Um, so, like, if he was to win the trophy, I don't think I'd still want Poch as manager personally. I, I feel like from seeing enough of his leadership, I don't like his leadership. Um, but what it will do is it will set Chelsea up to say, do you know what? This is a young squad. They've won a cut. Like, we can still be going. You can use it as a tool to motivate. Like, this is where we start. We can continue on from here. You've got a taste of win. Let's go on. All of that type of, you know, bogus stuff. I don't think it's really like, you know, that like we're in this for trophies, to be fair. As a club, we're in it for trophies. I just think that Chelsea as a club, historically, uh, the Carlin Cup was um, like a side piece. Like now it feels like the main event and I'm not comfortable with that. But I do have to reset and realise this is a different Chelsea. So... For, for us now, this is big because we're, we're not a top of the table team. We're not competing around that. So the only kind of hope of a trophy is something like this, which is sad, but sometimes you have to adjust to where you're at. And so this would be big for Bowley's Chelsea. Like for the Roman Abramovich Chelsea, no. But for Bowley's Chelsea... There's no guarantee that another trophy, a chance for a trophy is going to be in sight. So we have to do as much as possible to, to go for this. Very, very fair. And um, Jerry, coming on to you um, in terms of your opinions, Dan's obviously spoke about how no matter what winning, it's not going to change his opinions of, of Poch. But do you think there's anything Poch can do now between, the, between now and the end of season for you to want him to stay or... For you, is that relationship completely, you know, unmendable? Um, I might not be the best person to ask because I did not, 
I did not understand in the first place why we went for Poch. Um, it hasn't particularly impressed uh, any of his uh, in his roles since Tottenham. Um, and I think for me, what he's done so far, uh, I think when you when you throw criticism at Poch, people give you the oh, give him time, and you know he needs he needs experience and, and I think uh, all the all of those are mitigating factors don't get me wrong but he's just not convincing as a as a coach at all. Um I think seven months is enough time. Uh I mean we we we've all been watching football for a long time. We, we it's not like we're we're holding him to a standard that is not achievable. Um but to be tenth in the table halfway through the season um and to only be offered up slight improvements um, doesn't fill me with confidence that he can take this team um, any further than it is, to be honest. Um, I think we will get marginal improvements and I think over time he will naturally fall into uh, solutions for the problems that we have, but everything is reactive with him. There's nothing, there's no changes that he's making that I'm seeing and I'm thinking, okay, he's identified a problem, he's enacted a change and uh, the, the change will be seen in the next game. I think he's kind of he, he was thrown off by the Nkunku. That alone, for me, that alone is reason for him to go. How can yeah. one? Yeah, well, if one player can derail your whole season, then I'm I'm sorry, but this is not the job for you. So yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm just waiting to see how the rest of this the, the season goes. Um, and if we if we win this cup, uh, fair enough. Uh, good job. Uh, make it a sorry flow, win your trophy, and, and, and get out. And in terms of um, identifying issues, you know, we look back a couple of weeks ago to the four-one defeat to Liverpool in the Premier League, and just how humbling that was. And now we come back to the fact that we're obviously going to play them now again in the final. What lessons would you hope that Pochettino has learned going into the Carabao Cup on Sunday, and how do you hope to see those be? actually impossible on the team. I'm going to start with you, Jerry. Um, so in that game, I think what I want to see, well, sorry, in the cup final, what I want to see is less take advantage of, you know, the, the injuries that they have. Uh, Liverpool are obviously uh, quite, a, quite a top-heavy team. Um, they are blessed with a number of, you know, clinical forwards and I think what we can what we can do now is we can you know take the game to them we we're the underdog we have nothing to lose and I, I want to see you know us go out there with a positive attitude um and I want to see a consistent performance throughout the throughout the game uh, I think when we played them previously they didn't have um I think they didn't have Salah and it was just a complete domination it was it was men versus boys um I remember watching the game. I don't think we went past the halfway line in uh, 25, 30 minutes, um, more than once or twice. So uh, I just want to see, uh, you know, the, the 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 squad or the team able to compete. Uh, and we, we've, they, we're getting them with a, a little bit of a handicap. So um, I'm expecting a much better performance. Um, and, you know, 
Poch has turned it on in some of the big games. Uh, so I want to see that a sort of big game element. I think this this is also characteristic of the squad uh, that they tend to be able to get themselves up for, for, for the big games. There's more space to operate in. Um, so yeah, hopefully um, we can exploit the the weaknesses that Liverpool have in their squad. Um, but I, I guess we'll see. Talking exploitation, Dan. You look at Liverpool's injury in, injury list: Salah out potentially, Brent out, Matip, Zabozlai, Jota, Nunes, Curtis Jones, Allison, and topping goal. What are your expectations going to the final? And do you think that we go to the final as favourites as some are saying? You know, due to the injuries, or is there a small part of you, Dan, thinking? Are Chelsea fans currently underestimating the current ability of the Liverpool team that lies at present? Um, I, do you know what? Yeah, I don't like Poch, <laughs> but um, even like his managerial choices from Conor Gallagher to Chilwell, like, do you know, like if you're going to war, you and and then you put like a a prince in charge to lead the team just because they're the prince. They're not necessarily the best leader. Do you know what I mean? Um, a bit, a bit like Joffrey going into war. Yeah, this is what I'm saying. And so, like, the Manchester City match, um, I think on that field, De Sassi kind of, he got a lot more respect. And I think De Sassi and Cowell, they played like ladiers. And the reason why I reference that is, yeah, Conor Gallagher always, always is going to give that. But is he someone that can lead men out to battle? Do you know what I mean? And I know that it's, it's football, it's not that. But, like, if we go back to the Champions League final and you see, like, literally how prepared and how determined and how focused those guys were, right? I think managers have to do that, but also the on-field leaders um and obviously as Chelsea fans we've seen it before like we had mentality monsters and it's not just about taking care of your own mentalities but the mentality of the team and so I'm hoping I don't know if this as can be just I don't know if this as can just look after his own mentality but he does seem to be coming out more as someone that can maybe influence the squad's mentality but what I do I, I do want to see us with the same sort of energy I saw at Man City, where people were celebrating defensive challenges, do you know what I mean? And all that type of stuff. Because we have the quality anyway, running through the team. But what happens if they score? Because it doesn't matter how many injuries they've got, we've lost against a lot of shit teams. Okay, so forget about when forget about the fact that Liverpool are here. We can't trust Chelsea again. We trust Chelsea against better talent than worse talent. Like, against the big teams, we've been better. So maybe we would have done better if Liverpool had their full squad, but maybe the overconfidence comes into it because of all of the injuries, etc. But for me, I need the manager to prepare these guys to come away. Like, not necessarily like the, we have to have the result, but I can see people when they're ready to give everything. Do you know what I mean? And so I think mentally, we need to be prepared. They need to be in the zone. Um, I do want to see. I don't. I don't care about lineup. Pick the lineup, but I think Powell was great. I think Desasi was great, um, and I think that 
uh, Liverpool are a team that are going to attack. They're not going to sit back. And we did see, like, against the Spurs, the Spurs game, maybe I'm thinking about it was 10 men. But a factor under Pochettino is the kind of fast counterattacks. And so, yeah, I just think if we can defend well and do these fast counterattacks, then maybe we can come away with something. But I think more, what I'm saying is the mentality is so important going into this game. Um, they all need to kind of treat it like a Champions League final because I do think that we should think of the old Chelsea as gone and this is a new Chelsea. And so this cup isn't too big for this Chelsea. Foley's Chelsea, this is the, f- we need something because the level has dropped so much. And yeah, I feel like it will be good for this team to win something. Very well said. And I'm moving on a bit to the Man City game, obviously. It was quite a while ago, so speaking briefly about that game. Yeah. I know a lot of the made on um, you know, Thiago Silva, you know, you know, we've he's been dropped for two years now in terms of the Aston Villa. And this game and they've seemed to be games which have probably been our best of recent in terms of mm. performance, whether it be due to the, the line being higher, you know, having two centre backs that don't have to overall on one or the other due to physical inabilities. Do you guys think people are jumping the gun with Thiago Silva's unimportance, quote unquote, or do you think it now is the time more than ever to, you know, start to move on from that? I'm going to start with you, Jerry. Um, so the, the Thiago Silva thing is is, is interesting because um, it all goes, for me, it all depends on, you know, your, your risk versus reward. It depends on what, as a coach, you're willing to put up with and what, as a coach, you're... Um, your your plan is. I think generally his impact on the line of engagement and, and the, the, the the knock on effects that has on the rest of the squad. I think it's there, but generally it's overstated um, because you know not every team plays a high line. That's, that's not the the guaranteed recipe for success. Uh, I think as a coach, if you are consciously putting Thiago Silva in, um, you know you're 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 aware of the, of his limitations and. Obviously, that fits into your tactical structure somehow. Um, and I think where the issue is with Thiago Silva is because, you know, if you can isolate him, um, it can have a big impact in, in in the moments, the big moments of the game. And uh, the, the, way, the way football is now, um, those big moments um, generally set the tone for conclusions about the game. Um, so, and I think also as as <laughs> as a team, our game state is always so precarious. I can't think of many games where we're comfortable and the game has been, you know, killed off. So there is always that risk, and and, and for me, it's about how you want to manage the risk um, and what your appetite for that risk is. Uh, clearly, uh, we've not been doing well, uh, and I think generally around the fan base that appetite for risk um is is uh diminishing by the day so for me i think he's not the key problem he's not as we've seen it's not replaced tiago silva and we start winning um and generally when he's played i think you you do see those moments of class um i do think it makes sense to start moving away from um tiago silva because i think it's kind of been confirmed losing on both sides that this will be his last season, but um, I don't think you can. You can. Um, I, don't, I, I think if 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 you 
if you're saying uh, he doesn't impact us at all, uh, that would be a lie. But I think um, we, we can we can win against Luton and and and, and Sheffield United and that with Thiago Silva. Um, I, don't, I don't think he's the reason why we're tenth. Very well said and done. I know obviously you spoke about the gladiators, the back in Coral and the Sassy. Is that a, a pairing that you want to see for the rest of the season or do you still pick Chelsea as a part to play going forward for Chelsea? Um, I, I don't really want to do the kind of like who I want to play. I don't I don't care. Honestly, like apart from this Carlin Cup, we're not fighting for anything. Do you know what I mean? Thiago Silva seems to be going, so if he plays, then that would be nice, do you know what I'm saying, for the kind of like send off. But um, I did. We have so many centre backs, and we just we're linked with Kunde today, and we still got Badia Shile, We still got Wesley Fofana. Do you know what I mean? Uh, we got Colwell here, Trevor Chalabar. I don't understand. So you ask me who's played a seventy million to pick from. I don't like. I don't. I don't care. <laughs> I'll be. I'll be honest. Um, but Cowell at centre back, it is good to see him and his passing there. And I definitely think that he's someone that we can build around for the future. I, I really this Sassy got so much heat from Chelsea fans for and I don't know why, because I don't think he's ever been that bad at Chelsea. Like, um, so I'm glad that the narrative has changed on him and I think that he's been solid. Badi Ashile, who everybody loves now, everybody doesn't know about, which is crazy, but we're playing a back four now. Before we was playing back three, we need lots of defenders. So we don't need as many, but I still don't understand why we're still being linked with some. So any anyway, like, I don't care about who plays going forward. Thiago Silva's been a great servant here. I'm not one to chat shit on Thiago Silva's name. Um, but yeah, so like, he's someone, again, that I wouldn't mind seeing coming back in a coach role as well. Um, but yeah, in terms of who we pair, going towards the end of the season. We're not fighting for anything. Um, I'm mellow then. Um, fair enough. So um, <laughs> going on, <laughs> moving on, obviously, you know, we're, we're just a bit over the mid-season now. So, you know, Dan, you've just said that we're not fighting for anything else going, going forward to the season. I know, obviously, um, winning this cup could give us um, access to Europe. And currently, if you look at the European place in terms of, in terms of seventh, we currently lie three points off. Jerry, how salvageable is the season with 13 games left? Is there anything Poch can do to turn things right potentially and get a Europa League spot? Or for you, is it just now going to be counting down to the end days? Um, I think the only thing we can salvage is pride. And even that... <laughs> Uh, I'm not sure about it. Um, I think he, what we're, 13 games left. Um, we're on what, 35, blood of Jesus, we're on 35 points. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, we're on 35 points. Uh, I think for me, he just needs to focus on, I think he needs to act like he's going to be in charge next season, focus on, setting the foundations for, for next season, um, identifying what he wants to take forward from this season into next and the, the things we want to leave behind. Um, I don't... It, there's a, it's, it's so hard to... 
you look at some of the players that we have and some of the project players, a lot of them are in the same place that we they were at the start of the season. Um, there's no bit, apart from uh, Gallagher, um, there's been no real progression um, for a lot of these players. So um, I want to see, you know, more from these players. Um, I, I, I don't, uh, I don't think you know seeing um, or the season petering out um, is good for anyone. I think it, Poch, obviously, even if he doesn't keep the Chelsea job, he'll want to work um, again. So I think this is important for his reputation as well. Um, and I think finishing as high up the table as we can, not necessarily for Europa League, but if we're going to you know a player in negotiation, uh, the higher up we are in the league table. Uh, the better f- um, for bringing players in, uh, more leverage we have to sell players. Um, so yeah, that I think everything now needs to be fo- looking to next season. Um, I don't think there's anything we can, sh- we can salvage for for this season. Um, I, I know we have to get back into Europe, or the the plan was to get back into Europe for financial reasons, but I don't know how much. Um, what the gap is between Europa League and Champions League revenues. Uh, so um, I think we need to start looking to next season because um, uh, there's not much we can get from this. So but do see, we get Europe, we get Europe, Europa if we win the Carlin Cup? The, the, so it, it, you get Conference League to win the, the, the um, Conference League is for the Carlin Cup. Um, the FA Cup is how you would get Europa League. Um, and in terms of the league, currently... Um, depending on how Arsenal and City do, it would mean the top five teams that in the Premier League will get the Champions League. And I believe sixth and seventh get Europa League, if I'm correct. So if we were to finish seventh, which we're three points away from currently right now, we could actually be able to do that. Yeah, that even that even that three points, you know, that seems a bit out out of reach, you know, given the current run of form under Poch. So. Yeah. The thing is, we've got we have still got um, you know Manchester United, Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham. Um, they're all above us. We've got Wolves, uh, same points as us. Uh, there's if you look at the form table, there's nothing to really <laughs> set us out apart from these teams. Um, yeah. So yeah. So so in an ideal world, you know, you could say having to play United, Brighton, and United, Brighton, Newcastle, West Ham or above us is a potential six-pointer. But in a realistic world, it's also even more space for them to create an even safer, you know, cushion between us and them in the table. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it'll be very, very interesting to see. So um, to end the podcast, we've got a couple of listeners' questions. Um, I think the first... One, sorry, Dan? Yeah, keep on going, keep on going. Yeah, we got a couple of um, listeners' questions. Um, the first one, probably quite easy to answer from Newman. What are the chances Poch is our manager next season? Uh, he's on a two-year contract. Um, I think if he stays, they're going to have to renew it. And I think that is the reason why he probably will go. Um yeah, I, obviously there's a chance they just keep him for the two years and tend to bounce after that. But um, these guys are quite aggressive in, t- in terms of changing the narrative. 
I'd say like 60, 40 with 60, like we get a new manager. And what about yourself, Jerry? Um, what 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 are you what what do you feel given some of the reports coming out and how um, the season's gone so far? Uh, it's kind of hard to it's hard to it's hard to judge uh, because these guys have not taken a manager through to the end of the season yet. So I think personally, I actually think he'll get next season, and if he goes, it will be during next season. Um, I think he'll get this season. And the, the, the weird thing about Poch is I think there's enough there for them to point to um, where it's not it's not a disaster, and, um, especially if he wins the, the Carabao Cup. Um, I think I think that will keep him in the job. Okay. Can I just quickly say something? It will be worse if they sack him during next season. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. If they sack him. the exact same thing. And then they sack him, it'll be worse. It'll be more chaotic. I think, really and truly, if you're asking me what they have to do, I think they have to get rid. Be- just because if they don't think that's their man long-term, either give him a longer contract or get rid. Um, yeah. Yeah, just, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I think Roman Abramovich, people always talked about higher and fire, but at least he did what he did to put Chelsea first and say, do you know what? I don't see you winning trophies. You're gone. I think keeping Poch because he's ticked a box of Carlin Cup is very cowardly. They have to do what is right for Chelsea. And I th- actually think that maybe the reason why Poch makes the end of the season is because they just want to demonstrate to managers, you'll get a full season here because currently they can't promise that when they're going to new managers. So maybe just politically, they're going to say, do you know what? you'll get that full season at least. And I understand that. But if they do start with Poch, then they have to kind of stick out. You can't suck at mid-season, I'm sorry. I think I definitely have to agree with that. I think sacking in mid-season, I think that I think that'll probably be even that'll probably be yeah. the messiest thing they've done because they've now given yeah. him, you know, two seasons to, you know, have a preseason, have his transfers and sack in mid-season next season, where you have potential ability to have a stable preseason again. And have and a manager that you can work with. You've just gone further into the poch direction, and a new manager might exactly. It just doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. So, in my opinion, I think the ideal thing is, you know, end of the season, five pm. <laughs> end of the season, by what six pm? You know, Stanford Bridge against Bournemouth, similar to Ancelotti in in the in the tunnel. Send him his marching orders and just go away from there. You don't like Poch at all. What do you mean? Yeah. Why hey, listen, him... man. Listen, I think the earlier the better. And I think that's the earliest point. I, I, as I said in the previous pod, he doesn't deserve to take anything from his locker. Just just leave the stadium, forget the address, remove it from your Google Maps. And yeah, I think that's that's the best. That's the best. You know what I mean like about Poch? Like, sometimes, do you know, like, when you... I feel like I've seen him check out already. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I've seen him check out already. And I feel like he knows he's not going to be here for that long. And I feel like um, I've seen him check out. So I I don't like that. Again, as a winner, especially in this situation, just make the best of it. 
make the best of it. And I'm sure he's doing it, but I don't know. Something about that guy I just don't like. Just like that. I think we can call it a day, lads. Like that. And Jerry, thanks for joining. And listeners, make sure you use the hashtag, share, rate the podcast, share it with your friends. Keep the chessy word spreading. And yeah, thanks for listening as always. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.